In the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. <clears throat> Beloved Orthodox Christians, uh, brothers and sisters in Christ, we heard in today's Gospel reading from the Gospel of St. Luke, of the Evangelist Luke, concerning the miracle that our Savior wrought for Peter and his partners in uh, fishing, James and John, the sons of Zebedee. And this miracle in itself is great, how our Savior instructed Peter to cast the nets on the right side of the ship, although he had toiled all night, and how multitudes of fishes at the order of our Savior came and jumped, hopped right into the net, and they were dragged, dragged the net, so big was the catch that they had to ask the other ship to come and help them. In itself is a big miracle, but... Let this, this dialogue that we heard between our Savior and Peter, the Apostle, is a dialogue that instructs us in spiritual progress. For if we listen in each detail of what our Savior says, what Peter answers, how things develop and how, what is the final uh, uh, words of Peter the Apostle, by it, if we look into it deeply and if we listen to the uh, deep meaning of this dialogue, we'll understand that by it we are taught how a human, a Christian is progresses in uh, virtues, how the relationship between God and man it, it develops, and how from one stage we can reach the final stage of being according to that image which our Savior wants to see us. So what do we see here? Our Savior approaches Peter having preached to the multitude from the boat of Peter, for he asked him first to put the boat a bit off the, the shore and to speak from there to the people so they could hear him well. Afterwards, he tells Peter that puts the boats in the sea and, and go and, uh, for, for, for fishing, goes on the right hand to cast the nets and you will catch fishes. And Peter says, Lord, we toiled all night but caught nothing. But he doesn't stop there. But at thy word... I will do it. Therefore, the first, with this teaches us, the first in the relationship with God is faith. Trust in our Savior's words. For that is what Peter showed. He put aside all his experience. He put aside all his knowledge about the fishing and his night, last night's experience aside. And he trusted more our Savior's words, who himself was not a fisherman. Our Savior's words in uh, what he was saying, rather than his own experience. What does this tell us? This tells us of our, day, of our relationship with God. That when we see on one hand God's commandments, God's word, God's instruction, God's what he tells us of what is good for us, and on the other hand, we see what we feel like, what we want, what we think is better for us. And that seems to us more desirable to do we should put it aside for the sole sake of that that our Savior's commandment tells otherwise. Therefore, this is the true faith, to trust God, to tra put trust in His commandment, in His Word, and to know that whatever He tells us in His revealed Word, in the Gospels, in the writings of the Fathers, instructions of our spiritual fathers, in the sermons of the Church, what God speaks to us, even if we don't understand, even if we can't wrap our head around it, to have trust in His Word. This is how the true faith, trust in God. This is what faith is, the strong faith. Therefore, we see that the foundation of our relationship with God is faith, trust in Him and His commandments. But that is not all. Peter not only said this of 
at thy word I will do it. He did it. For many times we might agree in our heart that yes, maybe I will do it, but in the end we end up not doing it. Peter, although he had toiled all night, although he was tired, although he was being told something that inside he thought otherwise, not only did he agree to do that, what our Savior told him, but he actually did it. What does that mean? What is that No word that describes this uh, attitude? Obedience. Obedience is how the faith is tested. If we're truly faithful, we are obedient. Not only do we say that this is good for me and it is laudable and it is most soul-saving, but we actually fulfill it. Therefore, faith is tested. It sprouts and it's living when we are obedient. We actually do it when we implement it on daily basis. Because on daily basis we're given this choice to do our will or to do God's will. In thought, in word, in actual deed. And obedience, that the proof of true faith, consists in constant struggle in our heart to break that will of ours and to prefer God's will and to implement it no matter how much it hurts no matter how no matter how difficult it is no matter how much it pains to do it to actually strive not only to say that God's word commandments are good but to actually implement them and that is what Peter said did and that is what is given to us as an example that if we say that we have faith, if we say that we trust God, if we say that we have entirely put ourselves in His to do His will, we should actually strive on daily basis to be obedient to His commandments, to be obedient to His statutes, to His dogmas, to the church, daily lives. And this is the striving in obedience. How great is obedience in shown how what fathers call it? They call it life. Obedience is life. Disobedience is death. Because of disobedience, Adam fell from, uh, out of paradise. Because of disobedience, we constantly lose the connection with our Savior. But obedience, it's obedience to God's commandments, the obedience to His will at the expense even of our will that brought, took every human being who is in, parad- in the heavenly kingdom, the saints, where they are. That is, it sanctified them, it glorified them, it deified them. Because obedience to God's will is being with God, is implementing, putting our will in subjection, in harmony to His will. That is why the fathers call it life. It's life-bringing. And that is the basis of our lives whether we are in monastic calling or whether we're in family calling, obedience of putting our will aside and doing the will of God as it is revealed to us, that is, that is the, the calling that we have as Christians. For when a person enters the monastery, he's told that he becomes uh, obedient to the abbot and to the brethren. He puts aside his will and he starts to implement the will of his abbot. And through that is revealed what God, God's will is. That is why the, the, our elder always has taught us that when we go to the cemetery of the monastery to make a metania, to make a prostration to the fathers buried there, why? Because he said they are martyrs of obedience. They led the obedience to the end. That is, they were obedient in the monastery unto the last breath of their lives. But the same in the family life. 
Why is family, as it's called, a small monastery, a small church in miniature? Why? Because man and wife are obedient to each other. Man doesn't do his will anymore alone. He can't say, this is what I want to do and that's it. No, he has to take into account his wife's will. And wife, same thing, has to take into account his husband's will. And children, obviously, have to take into account their parents' will. Therefore, the family is a bond of obedience one to another. And if it's like that, that we look at family, it will work. Just as monasteries work where obedience is the foundation. But if it's self-will, nothing will work. Neither in the monastery, nor in family, and nor in one person's life. Because he, end up, he will end up as the most sorrowful, sad, and depressed person. A person who only wants to do his will. That is called egoism, selfishness. Therefore, we have obedience as the true test of our faithfulness. If we are faithful, if we want, if we say that we have true faith, then we should be obedient to the church, to the monastery, if we live there, to the, in the family. Obedience should be our way of life. Obedience to Christ's commandments. And that is what Peter did. And the result of it, of Peter's obedience, we see, was abundance of blessings. Because when he truly was obedient and trusted our Savior and cast his net on the right hand of the right side of the boat, he, so many fishes came that he couldn't pull them out. And he had to ask his friends from the other ship to help him. What is that the uh, symbolism of? What is that the allegory of? That we receive abundance of blessings, spiritual blessings, when we are obedient. When we truly cut our will and try with our whole heart and mind to do the will of God, God himself comes and consoles us. God himself fills our heart with joy, with blessing, with uh, manifold grace. Because his grace and his consolation, that is what we seek. Not earthly peace, not earthly consolation that today is, tomorrow is not. But rather to say that I will do this for my Savior's sake because I love his commandments. I want to keep his commandments and I will be obedient to his commandments. And whatever suffering this will bring to my uh, sinful self because my will is attached to the world. I know that our Savior, if I suffer for him, he will console him. And truly he consoles. When we truly are obedient to his will, he himself becomes our consoler. He himself pours out the, the healing grace on our heart to console whatever was we, we got hurt in our hearts by, by cutting our will. That is the symbolism of Peter's fishes. That is the blessing comes when we truly are obedient to our Savior. We become inheritors of great blessings in this life and in the age to come. But it doesn't stop there. There is something else, something most important, the peak, the fruit, that will judge, that will give us indication whether everything if we, that we've been doing, being, having faith, being faithful, be obedient, we're actually doing the right way. Because the tree is judged by the fruit, not because how it grew, not how many leaves it has, not how healthy bark it has, no, by the fruit. And there is one fruit that will show if that tree that we are growing in our hearts was truly, was uh, 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 to our Savior's liking, it was to our Savior's, that, that he was glad in it to see it. What is that one fruit that our Savior seeks to see in us? We've said it many times. Humility. Humility is the fruit 
that should grow in our hearts on daily basis. We should grow in daily basis in humility. And that, if we have it or not, to greater or lesser extent, will be the measure well, by which we'll, be, we'll judge whether our life as Orthodox Christians was truly correct, we were truly walking in God's commandments, we were truly obedient. Because humility is the end result. That is the fruit in which our Savior is well pleased. As he told David the, the prophet, that I don't need sacrifice of this and that. I am well pleased in a broken heart. Heart that is humbled, that is a true sacrifice to me. And he's also told us, learn of me, because I'm meek and humble of heart. Of all other virtues, he says to, he doesn't say to learn of him, but this is such a great thing, this is the, such a great virtue, the end result of our lives, that he says, from me learn to be humble. Therefore, that is what he seeks to see us. If we, in our hearts grows, the fruit of humility. And that, by that, we can judge that we've been walking the right way. And this is shown to us by Peter himself. For what does he do when he comes to the shore? He falls on his knees after seeing this great blessing. He falls on his knees and he says, Depart from me, Lord, because I am a sinful man. Sublime humility. That is the the sign of humility, when we grow, every time we progress in doing something, keeping God's commandments, we don't grow haughty because of it, but rather we feel even more sinful, unworthy. Some people that did not deserve to receive this blessing of God. That is the measure by which we can measure if we grow in humility or if uh, poisonous waters have entered into our heart, the poisonous waters of haughtiness, high-mindedness, that come even if we're doing the good. Because a person can be haughty and high-minded even if when he's doing God's commandments, he thinks so. But to what avail is that, doing that? Because in his heart he's not growing the fruits of humility, but rather rottenness of pride. In that our Savior is not well-pleased. Therefore, the measure by which we measure if we are going and walking the right way, if our heart grows in humility, peace, meekness, that more we advance, more unworthy we feel of the blessings we receive from God, let alone to look around and judge others how they're doing. That even doesn't, shouldn't cross our mind. I'm saying it shouldn't because it crosses all our mind, but we should know that that is not the right thing. Therefore, Peter's example, that when he received such a great blessing, he felt himself to be unworthy of it. He felt himself, felt himself more dirty in, in, inside. He felt himself to be more sinful because of the blessing to, uh, that, that he received. This is the measure, that the man was humble, that in his heart, fruit of humility was growing. And that should be the measure of all of us. If we see that we are growing more in humility and more we do God's commandments, rather than growing high-mindedness, we grow in humility. And then the sign of this humility, the most basic sign, is that we feel more unworthy of the blessings we receive from God. Then we should thank God and continue that way. But if... We do, we come to church, we take communion, we confess, we read the Holy Scriptures, we read the Holy Fathers, we do charity, almsgiving, everything. And in our heart, 
we notice that we grow in more high-mindedness, in more haughtiness, that more judgment of others enters into our heart. Stop right there and examine yourself. Go down into your heart, descend in your heart and see what is the reason for it. And confess it and beg and ask God to remove this from you because this is poison that makes our trees of our hearts to be barren without fruit. That is what we receive in today's reading from the gospel, beloved Christians. That is the way of the saints. That is the way that the fathers have taught us to walk, to be first have faith, to be faithful and prove it by obedience, to pass our lives in obedience to God's commandments and to care that we are fruitful, fruitful in humility, to examine that being our measure, our criterion, or our mirror, whether we are going the right way, if we grow in humility. And as I say, the most basic sign of it is that we constantly feel Ashamed that we receive blessings from God, that we are unworthy of it, that we did not deserve it. And constantly in our heart we have gratitude and thankfulness to God. Of this, my beloved Christians, may our Savior deem us worthy. Amen. Yeah.